0: the fertility. Today we are sitting down with Mackenzie who was diagnosed with endometriosis. She has her miracle daughter through several rounds of IVF and recently started to try for her second. So welcome Mackenzie. Thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me ladies. I'm excited to be here and share my story.
0: We're so excited to hear it. So I would love to be just taken back from the beginning. If you could kind of just share with listeners how you even found out you had endo because that's probably really the beginning of your whole journey to conception. Yes.
1: Yes. So, actually, back in college, I was having um, really bad periods and went to my um, OBGYN in Charlotte. And she was like, Well, it could be a gluten allergy. And I was like, I don't think that I have these symptoms once a month from a gluten allergy. <laughs> So she was like, try to cut out gluten and see if that works. So I tried it. But then again, I was 21, I think at that time. And so like, and there so wasn't a lot of, of gluten.
0: Yeah. Like, lots of beer probably.
1: Yeah. And there wasn't like a lot of gluten-free options like there are now. Like it's so much easier to be gluten-free.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, so I went back after like two weeks of trying to cut out gluten. And in that time I'd had a horrible cycle. And she was like, well, the only way to diagnose endometriosis would be through laparoscopic surgery. And I was just like, again, 21 and was not thinking about my reproductive health. And I was like, I'm not having surgery right now. So she kind of dismissed me and didn't really like follow up. And there wasn't a lot of, I mean, still to this day, a lot of doctors, not that educated on endometriosis. It's um, it, There's more education out about it now. Um, so she just kind of dismissed me and I was just kind of like, whatever, and just dealt with the the horrible periods and got on a different birth control to where I would only have four cycles a year instead of one every month. Wow. Just to like give me breaks because my periods were so bad. Um, and so fast forward to when we got engaged, I got off birth control to get like my body ready because I'd been on birth control for so long. <clears throat> and um, that was probably the worst thing I could have done because the birth control was kind of curbing my endometriosis. And keeping it from growing and so getting off of it it just sent it into like overdrive um I didn't know this all until it was a little too late <laughs> um so then we got married in 2016 I went to that same doctor and had like a preconception conversation just like what do I need to be doing anything different you know can we do the prenatal testing and all that kind of stuff um and then she was very dismissive She's was like I can't believe you have only been married for a month and already in here Trying to have a baby, and I was like, okay, well, first of all, we're thirty-one, and we both know that we want kids, and I'm just nervous that we're going to have issues. And that's so none your and,
0: business, like, right?
1: <laughs> I ended up leaving her. Like, I left in the middle of the appointment. She upset me so much. I can um, see you
0: doing that. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, though. I mean, yeah, you clearly already had a, a difficult diagnosis, and I mean, gosh, it sounds like you were in a lot of pain, like planning your wedding, getting married, and wow, yeah,
1: yeah, and so. My sister-in-law is a nurse practitioner in Charlotte. So I called her and I was like, I need um, a good OBGYN. One that's, you know, understanding will listen to me. And she's like, there's this one, she's, um, she's a newer, she's younger, but she's got fresh ideas. And um, so I went to this new OBGYN and I was her first kind of like infertility patient, even though we didn't know what we know now. And so she was like, normally they say, try for a year and then come back. Well, she was like, let's since your age. When you know, you want kids, let's try for six months and then we'll come back in. So that was in January. She told me that I came back in July and she started doing all like the tests that she could do in the office to rule out things. And so she's like, well, uh, right now you have unexplained infertility, which is like the worst thing to hear. Like, the worst. The <laughs> worst. like I just want an That's answer. Horrible. please. And so, you know, when you're at OBGYN, the um ultrasound techs they don't have the ability to like explore they're just go told to go in and look at something and then yeah. they go and look so they don't get to explore so she's like i'm going to refer you to a fertility doctor so she did and he does the ultrasounds like in charlotte this fertility doctor does and in the first like two minutes of the ultrasound he was like you have an endometriosis. i can see it on the ultrasound
0: See, that blows my mind because like, like you originally said a few minutes ago, you're like, it's still to this day, not really like an initial diagnosis. Cause it's so right. invasive. I would always like push, like, do I have endo? Do I have endo? And my fertility doctor also did the scan. And he's like, no, like your scan looks good, but I'm like, but you, how can you, I guess it's, can yeah. you kind of tell a little bit?
1: Yeah. And like my um, ovaries were kind of mo- like, not where they were supposed to be. Um, That's so exactly he just, what
0: he said. Like you can yeah. see by the position of them.
1: Yeah. Um, And so he really wanted me to do surgery, like right then and there. Um, And I was just like stubborn. I was like, "No, I'm ready to have a kid. I want to do an IUI." And I yeah. respect him because he did listen to me. Yeah. Even though <laughs> you know, probably he probably should have made me do the surgery first. So we did an IUI in November. So this was a year after we got married. and obviously didn't work. And being on all those meds, I think I did letrozole for that one, and it just again send my endometriosis into overdrive um and it obviously didn't work and so he was like we, we can't do any more fertility treatments until you get surgery." so that was
2: other, do you mind me asking what other um, symptoms you I know you said you had really bad like cycles but what other like endo symptoms did you have
1: um bowel movements were really painful um I mean the pain was so bad that I would throw up it, it was oh my like, so painful um those are like the main things yeah. that movements would be painful, like all throughout. Cause it would, when they did the surgery, they found out that it was like all over my colon too. Wow. Um, yeah. So it was crazy. So November is when he said I have surgery. Of course I had to wait three months because he couldn't get me into the OR. It's always a waiting game <laughs> with infertility. Um, so I had the surgery in January of 2018 and ended up with stage four endometriosis. My right ovary was like in the center of my back. Um, It was all over my colon. It was was pretty bad. The surgery just normally takes like an hour and a half to two hours. It took three and a half hours just to clean me out. So um, after that, he put me on birth control, like immediately coming out of surgery um, because he didn't want me to have a cycle while recovering because he was like, that's just going to be so painful. So while I was recovering for the next three months, I was on birth control. And it's kind of nice. It was a forced break um, from all the stuff. I didn't have to think about anything. It was just living my life, recovering from surgery and recovery. Wasn't that bad. Thankfully.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Cause I mean, I feel like laparoscopic surgery in itself is pretty intense. And then for it to be three hours.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually got really lucky. I mean, I couldn't, I was a nanny at the time, so I couldn't work because I couldn't lift the kids for two weeks. But um, other than that, I mean, it was nice. I just got to lay around <laughs> That it sounds nice to be able to work. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, you might as well get something out of it, right? <laughs>
1: right. Um, But like after two days, I was back to my normal self and feeling good. I mean, you look pregnant after you come out of that surgery. I don't know if do y'all follow Olivia Colpo on Instagram?
0: Yes. I yeah. Do. And I think you even sent me a picture after. Like I know this was years ago, but yeah. you sent me a picture of what you looked like afterwards, and you literally looked six months pregnant.
1: Yeah. God, it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, and isn't that crazy? That's what you look like when you do meds for like egg retrievals and stuff oh too. I'm like, this god. is not fair for the brain.
2: <laughs> right? Oh my god, it really <laughs> messes with you so much because you obviously want to get pregnant and it's like right. you're a kid, but you're not. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> um, so that was January 2018 and then April of 2018. I had my first egg retrieval. We got 12 eggs, 10 were fertilized, no, 10 were mature, eight were fertilized, and we ended up with five embryos. Um
0: and that's since awesome. I was under, oh, yeah.
1: that's great, we great, so that's happy. And since I was under 35, they didn't do any genetic testing or didn't see a reason to, um, since I didn't have egg quality issues. And so we did, um, a fresh transfer actually, which is unheard of. I feel like these days, um, yeah. and it didn't work. That was in May. And Can after that I
0: was, walk listeners through what a fresh transfer is. Cause I, I don't think yes. we've had anyone on the podcast that's done a fresh transfer.
1: Yeah. Um, I know cause they don't really do them. They like to control all your hormones now. Mm. Um, so it's normally five days after your egg retrieval. Um, and it's hard for me to remember that cause that was what, four years ago. Um, but. And you start after you come out of your egg retrieval, as long as you don't have like a crazy amount of eggs that you're at risk for OHSS, they'll go into a fresh transfer. If you do, they'll let everything kind of calm down and then do the frozen transfer, um, but they let the embryos grow to day five, which is also nerve wracking. Cause you're going in for a fresh transfer. It's all, it's nerve wracking, fresh or frozen, but when you're going yeah. in for a fresh, you have the day already planned. You're already doing the progesterone shots, the estrogen, getting your body ready. So, and you're just hoping that there's an embryo to transfer.
0: So do you, you, would, you don't do any of the progesterone before the egg retrieval. You just basically start right after the egg retrieval.
1: Yeah. I think okay. it was like, a day or two after the egg retrieval
0: that's so much on your body and it don't I know, like we're all saying they only most clinics just do uh, frozen now because it's shown better results I'm assuming that's just because like your body gets a break and can get back to baseline
1: and they can yeah baseline and then they can control exactly how your hormones are and like I don't remember like the uterine lining scans with the fresh transfer I don't remember them doing that I don't I remember them counting like clinics is true um so it's just, I don't Interesting.
0: know,
1: it makes sense why they do frozen transfers. No? Yeah.
0: Okay. Sorry for that. So you had your first <laughs> IVF transfer and it was fresh and it did not work.
1: Yeah. And they put two embryos in and one was like an excellent graded um, embryo. And then one was like a, okay. Embryo and they just didn't work. I was just under a lot of stress. We had just moved to Charleston, but we were still traveling back to Charlotte to see my fertility clinic. Cause we don't live here for two months and I didn't want to have to establish new care yeah. since we're in the middle of everything. Um, So I really think stress played a huge role in why that didn't work. Uh, And I just decided to take a break over the summer and get to know my new city and enjoy life a little bit when not on hormones.
2: Rightfully so.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So in August of 2018, we did a transfer and that was my Linux, my daughter Lennox. And obviously it worked.
2: Um, And did you transfer just one that time?
1: Yes. So we transferred everything down to Coastal um fertility and it's kind of crazy that literally FedExed my embryos down. I was
2: going to from- ask about that. How was that process for you? Cuz like we have so we adopted 3 and so obviously my son is from one of them. So we have two others that okay. are frozen in Michigan and I'm like petrified to move them. Like i, know, so it I'm was like, scary. I need to go to Michigan every time because I'm yeah,
1: Yeah. Um so thankfully the offices like help you. They, I mean, they're familiar with this. They give you all the information to call. And I think it's called cryoport is who I, we use. Um, but it, it's literally through FedEx on the froze like a con- temperature oh, okay. controlled truck. <laughs> uh,
2: literally. So. I mean, how crazy is that? Like your kid is just chilling on a, <laughs> <laughs> on a truck. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So my fertility clinic in Charlotte called when they left and then, um, coastal called me when they got here. So it's it was nice because it's only a three hour drive. Um yeah. Michigan I would be nervous, you know. I mean it was nerve-wracking even like the three hour drive, but
2: yeah.
1: Um yeah, so we did the frozen transfer here with Schnoor, Dr. Schnorr, um August of 2018 it worked and then had got pregnant, enjoyed pregnancy, enjoyed mom life for about a year and a half, and we knew we wanted to start trying to get have a second kid right when she was close to two years old. So that was last year. Um, January of 2021 is when we started meds for the second baby.
0: That's such an, it's just so interesting to hear like, yes, IVF worked, et cetera. Like, that's so exciting. I have my daughter, but like, you're still, and I know you've always said this, which is like helped me get through things. You're like, I'll always be a part of the infertility community. Like this is how I have to have my children. Right.
1: And it, it just, it doesn't stop like after you have a baby. Um, no matter what your journey is, just because you were successful one time doesn't mean infertility stops. Like I'm concerned about what they now have secondary infertility, you know, um, I think it would be easier. We got it off now. Right. The second kid, um, but God like a little games. So, <laughs> 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 um, so January of 2021, we started doing the meds for the transfer in February and it was, so I did had five embryos from Lennox's. We did two for that first transfer that failed. Then it had one for Lennox. Then I had two embryos left. Um, they were okay. Great. One was like a really good grade. And then one was kind of blah, nothing special about it, but they were going to transfer both since one wasn't that good of a grade. Well, during thaw, the best one of those two did not survive the thaw. And we found this out on the morning of the transfer.
0: Oh my goodness. Hold on. wait. So were you going to transfer two, or, oh, it was the, it was the higher grade. It didn't make it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, And we
1: were going to transfer both because one was not a good grade and the chances of like thawing that and then freezing it back and then thawing it again.
2: Absolutely. And I think that's such a, just something to just kind of touch on, because I think most people don't even realize that either. Like you can go through the whole process of like prepping for transfer and everything and go in that morning of. And they still have to thaw out the embryo, and if it doesn't thaw out correctly, or like something goes wrong, like for instance in your case, like then you don't have anything to transfer. Like right, that is, oh my goodness, right, like, that was heartbreaking.
1: It was, and and you find this out the morning of a transfer, and it's supposed yeah. to be an exciting day, and uh-huh. you're to you have a good mindset, and um, so the best one didn't make it, and then the one that was kind of crappy, had some damaged cells in the, in the thaw. So they're like, we're still going to transfer. I think I had like a 20% chance of it making it, which is like, so pretty good. (laughs) That's like what normal people have exactly getting pregnant, but I'd already clocked out. I was like, this isn't going to work. Um, and maybe my mindset had a, a little bit to do with it, but, um, that one wasn't, it was more heartbreaking on the day of the transfer than finding out it didn't work.
0: Well, and you're like, okay, if this doesn't work, now I'm going to have to start completely over and do an egg with people. Yes. Uh, which is it what is. you did. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no,
2: you're fine. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't um,
0: work. Oh my goodness. So at this point, this is your fourth total transfer. The third earth is it? No, this is my third transfer. Third transfer. Okay. Because you had yeah. the two. So, and, then the, and the second one worked. Okay.
1: Yes. And so yeah, we're back at the starting point of having to do an egg retrieval again. And so I had never done an egg retrieval with Dr. Schnorr before, and he had me on a different protocol, similar to my protocol in Charlotte, but it was different, uh, some different meds. Like I did did minipure with the transfer with Linux, but I didn't do it for this transfer, for this egg retrieval. Um, And so, sorry, (laughs) I see neighbors walking by and it's confusing. Where was I? So you, oh, just, different protocol.
0: yeah, which I think would be so difficult. And Amanda, you'll probably be similar, but like, you're like, I know that XYZ worked. I right. know it worked and you probably have so much resistance to right. that's different.
2: Oh, that would be me. Cause I'm so type a, I literally have like the whole thing right now. exactly. Like I'm, I want to stay in the same exact Airbnb when I go to Michigan, because I know <laughs> it has to be the same. Yes. But I know it's like, probably not going to happen, but <laughs> I'm, like, I would so get that. I'd be so resistant. I feel like to change. Yeah.
1: And, but at the time, so in retrospect, now I'm like, oh, I should have like noticed that and fought more for like my first protocol. But at the time, Schnorr got me pregnant with Linux, So I was just like, okay, praise him. I'll just do whatever yeah. he says. Um, so I didn't really think much of it. And so fast forward, we only got six eggs and I, I'm not been diagnosed with diminished ovarian reserve or anything. Um, still being a little bit older doing this egg retrieval, um, so it was kind of devastating that we only got six eggs, in which I know for some people would kill to have six eggs. So please know I say that um, lightly. But um, and that meant that we were going to have to freeze these embryos on day one. We were not going to let them grow out to day five because that's coastal's um, pol- policy. So if you only had, I think, six or less eggs make it to day one, they'll. They freeze them and don't let them grow to day five.
0: That is just mind blowing. And that's what we were talking about before we hit record. I know because I would have been in the same situation. And I just think like, I just feel like if, if I didn't know, and I'd love to hear how it was for you, Mackenzie, but like, if I didn't know that it made it to day five, I just feel like there's so much more pressure. Once you do transfer yep. it, you're like, gosh, I don't even know if it was going to make it to begin with.
1: Right. So, and it's just like, okay, here we go again, going into a transfer. It's just like, did we get my hopes up? It was just kind of like, or the egg retrieval. Um, it was just, it was another devastating blow.
0: So you, okay. So you got six and then on day one, how many had fertilized?
1: I think only four.
0: Okay. So then they just, they freeze all four and then you get ready for the transfer and you got to see what makes it.
1: Yeah. And so, um, they froze all four and I think only two made it. So they transferred those two. Um,
2: will they biopsy or anything, or is that just you opted out? They won't biopsy either, they don't do it that early. Well, yeah, that you can't biopsy, you can't even do PGT testing yeah. until day five or six. Yeah. Until five. Oh, my see, I would be like stressing hard, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah.
1: And like the picture of my embryo, you know, you, like when you get your day five or day six embryo, you can see all the little cells oh, in it. Yeah. This one the, one of them only had two cells, and one had four and they were supposed to have both have four cells. It was just like, I was all in the head about it.
0: Well, and it is yeah. probably just, there's nothing to um, benchmark it off, which you really shouldn't like be on Google, but like you right. even like say like, Oh, does this look good or not? Cause it's right. just a little bit more rare. I personally thought,
1: right. Yeah. Okay. Dang. So, um, and then I knew if this didn't work, we, here we are at ground zero again, having to do another egg retrieval and I didn't have great results from last time. So I'm just like, Last summer was like a hard, I was in a, a dark place. Oh my gosh, so, I
0: forget that it's only 2022. So this wasn't even a year ago. No. And if you don't mind me interrupting, like, because yeah. I've always been really curious about quote unquote secondary infertility. And I know your story, you started with IVF, but like, how right. is that when you're raising like your daughter who's such a miracle and then you're yeah. also in such a depressive state with trying to have a second?
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it was hard. And then like, if it seemed like every one of my friends was getting pregnant um, with their first or their second or the third. And you're just like, y'all look at your husbands and you get pregnant. And this just does not seem fair. Yeah. And like, I grew up being like a babysitter and nanny I went to school for elementary education. Like everyone calls me the baby whisper. Like if I had it my way, I would have four or five kids, but that's just not in our, our books. Um, so it was just, it was devastating. And then you also have people, you feel like you have to still be grateful for what you have. And I am, but it's like, I always pictured myself as a as a bigger family, I was an only child. So I knew I wanted to have more than one kid. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it just didn't seem fair that I had to work so hard to get
0: this. Absolutely. <laughs> I know y'all get, yeah, no, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause that, that has to put even more stress on you. You're like, well, and now I can't like openly not complain, but I can't openly even talk about my for t- IVF stuff because people right. are like oh well you already have a daughter which is so I was unfair just
2: say that. yeah I was just gonna say have you gotten that a lot I feel like probably listeners can totally relate to that like that yeah family members friends are like well you already have a child like yeah
1: well to so um cat's gonna die this story I don't I might have already told you cat but whenever I found out and we'll go back to the, my storyline but whenever I found out my third transfer of last year didn't work um my doctor called me and he goes he's like, you sound really emotional about this. Maybe it's time that we take a break. You know, let's just look at things we should be grateful for. You already have a kid. You have six more embryos on ice. I've chills.
0: I've chills. Oh, I, that is not something you want to hear.
1: No. And you're like the same day I found out it didn't work.
0: And you're like, if I, I am thankful I have a child, you're more than, I, I know how thankful you are to be a mom and to have her as right. your daughter, but it's like, I'm clearly doing IVF because I have, I feel like something's missing. So like, right. No, I'm not gonna just stop or like be like, oh, sorry, I guess it didn't work. Let me just go on with my day.
1: Right. Jeez. So that that was just like another thorn in your side after a crappy day. Um But anyways, uh, yeah. So yes, people have said that, including my own doctor. <laughs> oh
0: my goodness. <laughs> oh. oh wow. Okay. So we're back to where you froze five of them on day one. Four. Four. And four then
1: two didn't two make for the fall. Yeah. And then we transfer those to, um, and I was a little bit more hopeful just because we, gave, we were given a better percentage. I think he gave us 40% of these working. Um, and I just felt like maybe this is our time because it'd been, we've had like bad news after bad news after bad news um, and found out it didn't work. And so again, another heartbreak. Thankfully we had like a wedding out of town that weekend that I found out. And so we just got to get out of town with some of our good friends and just got to let loose and have fun. <laughs> Yeah, which is what I needed. I thought I was going to take a break, um, but since I didn't have any embryos on ice, I was just like, "There's, I can't be wasting any time. Like, I need to take advantage of my eggs while I still have them." So we did another egg retrieval. We started gearing up for that in July. So that transfer was in June. We started gearing up for the egg retrieval in July, and he put me, he treated me like I had low ovarian reserve. Um, he was like, "We're just going to go for it." Um, So I was like on Lupin Depot shots for a while before the transfer and testosterone cream, which those side effects are so fun.
0: (laughs) Amanda, you did both of that, right? I know you did the testosterone. Did you do Lupron as well? I did. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I did both of them. Yeah, I did better um, with the testosterone. I don't know if... uh...
2: Sorry, I just had to walk and grab Ben. Yeah. Fast, hey, but, oh, and, that, but yeah. Last part with what you said, Mackenzie.
1: I was saying, um, he this next egg, the last egg retrieval, he treated me like I had low ovarian reserve. So I did lupron depot shots and testosterone cream. Um, and I was saying the testosterone side effects were so fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like barely got any like really bad side effects. If anything, I felt like really good on it. And I think I said really? I'm that on another pod, like on another episode we did, but I legit felt like I had like all this energy. Like I just was like, <laughs> I didn't really have any weird side effects. I know some people got yeah. acne and just like, yeah, hormones and send everything. And I was yeah, really good. it's this
1: it's just crazy. Um, and then after those for a couple of weeks, I can't remember. Uh, we did gonof and low dose HCG, and then we did the Omnitrope, um, which is the
0: that sounds like identical to my protocol. That really? I, yeah. I, yeah. They put me on Omnitrope too, which was so interesting because they normally don't do it unless you've had like a poor outcome from one cycle. It was like my first cycle. And he's like, we're going to do everything. Cause doesn't that kind of, it's not really like studied a lot, but isn't that supposed to like increase your chance of higher graded eggs or, anything? um, and yeah, eggs, it really oh, helps egg quality, on. quality, the egg yeah. quality was so poor. So that's why we went on it.
1: Yeah. And And I did it with you just because of reoccurring losses.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that one was hard because you had to mix it. Wasn't that like the powder that you had to like mix Mm -hmm. yourself, which was very confusing, but anyway. Like I legit sobbed. Just side note. I saw because I thought I was
2: doing it wrong. Yeah. And then I like screamed at Chris. It was, Oh, it was just not fun. It's
1: we're so hard. overwhelming. Cause it's like, we're not nurses and you just throw all these meds.
2: Like give you it. And they're like, good luck. Like yeah. when I first started IVF, I was like, wait, you mean like I have to do it?
0: Right. The doctor's office. They're like, yeah, you bought this. So I'm like Googling YouTube, like everything. Yeah. To do it, oh yeah. My mom had like zero trust, zero trust me. She's like, I'm sorry, you can't go get the nurse to do that. You're gonna do it. And I'm like, Yes.
1: <laughs> it's so crazy. And now I'm just like, Oh, I gotta give myself a shot. Okay, uh,
0: our pros, it's true. Yeah.
1: Someone in my neighborhood, she was like, I'm going through IVF and I'm nervous. Is there any nurses in here that can help me do my shots? And there was like four of us, they're like, We can help you. We're not nurses, not but we you know. can
0: do it better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is your Third egg retrieval. Third
1: egg retrieval. And this was in August of 2021. So last August, um, we had great results. I ended up getting 18 eggs from this one. Um, wow. And of those 18 eggs, I think it was like a crazy number like maybe 16 were mature. Um, and then of those 16, 11 were fertilized. And then, like, on I don't when do you get the next results after you fertilize? I can't remember like day two or day three. Oh,
2: day three, but I think every clinic kind of does a different, but yeah,
1: so day three, I still had eleven embryos oh in the gosh, in the running. Amazing. yeah, yeah. um, so I'm like a huge proponent on the otrobe. <laughs> I'm like, that has to be it. <laughs> um and then by day five, I had or day six, I had seven um embryos, and I had I think five, day five. And two day six embryos.
2: That's awesome. Uh, Those yeah. are really really good.
0: No, ones. actually, I'm sorry.
1: I, to day five, I had um, I had eleven. Make it all the way to day five. I ended up with only seven that were came back genetically normal.
0: I'm like kind of laughing over here because we did our egg retrieval at the exact same time. Like I think it was a few weeks apart. So I've never heard your results because I think you felt so. Bad. I, yeah, I didn't want to
1: share <laughs> like, with you. you felt
0: so bad for me, I'm you're kind of like, oh yeah, but. But I mean, in your defense, you're like, yes, I have been through poor cycles, but and I'm gonna celebrate my own. But I'm gonna do that over here <laughs> privately. Yes, <laughs> I
1: was like, I'm just not gonna share these numbers with her right now. <laughs>
0: That's okay. We're all good now. Yeah, That's awesome. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Um. So we ended up with seven genetically normal embryos to have, which is crazy because I was like, "We're not having seven more kids." I mean, I would love to, but I'm 36. So,
0: and you're kind of in the back of your mind, like, "Oh, thank gosh, I don't think I'll ever have to do an egg yes. again."
1: And it finally felt like a victory, like the victory we needed because we just had not had any um, in 2021 yet, and this is like eight months after we started the whole journey for the second kid. Um, so it was like a big win. And then um, I didn't go straight into a transfer in September. Um, just because we had like a couple weddings, we are going out of town for that's the beauty of IVF is like, you can schedule it whenever it works best for your schedule.
2: So, so we true.
1: scheduled that transfer in, um, October and it was like a perfect embryo, like, uh, four AA, is that like the best grade? I, I don't think I would know this by now.
0: Well, I think all clinics are so different. Cause I remember I told Amanda what mine was and she's like, oh, I don't think we have that at ours, but
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, found out that that one didn't work. And that was the most devastating blow of the whole second kid journey, because it was a perfectly embryo, um, genetically tested all the things and it, it did not work. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, or maybe we're just not meant to have another kid. Um, that's where my mindset went. So we, um, paused and I was like, after my doctor told me, he thinks I need to take a break. Um, I was like, I'm not taking a break. And then I calmed down. I was like, I think we need to take a break. <laughs> I never told him he was right though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we decided to take a break, um, but I was going to do the ERI testing for to gear up for my next transfer that we knew we are not going to do until 2022, <clears throat> um, just to make sure we were doing everything right. And it came back with my results that the meds needed to be altered only by a three hours difference. Um, the erac or endometrial endometrial receptivity you, you probably know cat what is it
0: it's like a say a s s a y i think it's just like a it's just if your endometrial is receptive to the yeah
1: and so um it could come an back
0: IVF, yeah because in ivf it's not natural technically you're trying to time right. your body up with when you put the embryo right in. yeah
1: right and so with the era they can tell you like do you need more hours of progesterone or do you need less hours um so mine was I needed less hours by three hours. Um, So, which means I started my progesterone an hour um, later. And then my transfer was two hours earlier than they normally do. Um, And then I also did estrogen patches for this transfer. uh, I mean, for this, for the ERA. Um, And he was like, maybe the the patches are what was the difference too. So he was like, we're staying on the patches and then we're going to do it by three hours. And so, we that was in November. So we decided to take a break um, over the holidays. I just didn't want to have to deal with the stress of infertility and maybe get another negative. Um, so we just decided to take a break. And then January came and I was like, I'm still not ready to do another transfer. And then the beginning of February, I was like, I think I'm ready, but not to transfer this month. So we ended up ready, getting ready to transfer. March 3rd was our transfer. Um, so started meds in February and found out I cheated five days after my transfer and found out that it worked and I'm currently 10 weeks
0: pregnant. (laughs) Congratulations. Like I don't know if I would have kept going. I mean, I would have kept going, but that's so hard. Failure after failure after failure.
1: Yes, it was very hard, but as I know with my first daughter, it is all worth it in the end. (laughs) So you can't see it until you're on the other side.
0: Exactly. So you transferred one in March. Is that correct?
1: Correct. So we still have five left. And yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna right. ask. So how many do you have left? So five. Wow. Okay.
1: Five. So we're um we're I don't I don't think I can do this again. Um 2021 was all trying to get pregnant and I just want my body back and my mind back after this um kid. So it's born. So after this baby girl is born, it's a girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can have two girls yeah. and um my gosh, because really this whole thing started for you in 2016. Is that right? Like yeah. with the surgery. I mean, when yeah, you, it was
1: like a month after we got married. We got married in twenty sixteen, but I started having like the conversations yeah. with my doctor at the end of.
0: Oh my gosh, it's gonna be so nice. You'll have your second baby, and then you can. I mean, it's been your whole marriage. I'm that's something that's has really unique where it's been from day one.
1: Yeah, it's wow. crazy. I'm, I'm sure Chris is ready to have his wife back too. <laughs>
0: I'm sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. That's exciting. Yes. Yes. So exciting. Even though
1: I'm not as sick as you, Kat, but not feeling so great. I'll take it though. The symptoms mean I'm still pregnant.
0: (laughs) And and that's what I was going to say. So you actually ended up cheating early because your symptoms, which I think this is interesting. Your symptoms were so different with this one than they were with like your other transfers and even your daughter, right?
1: Yeah. Um, And I was sick with Lennox, but it didn't start until like six weeks. This one started like, I feel like day one, I just started, I was having like GI issues on day five and I hadn't eaten anything abnormal or crappy. Like it was just my normal diet, so I was just like, "Okay, I'm gonna go take a test." And I told myself I was not gonna test early,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I ordered some on Amazon, and they came in at like 5:36, and I tested at 5:40.
2: <laughs> that is so. Fun. I literally did the exact. I tested on day five as well, and I, really? had, I went to Target and I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna pick up a test, but I'm not gonna test today." Yeah. Like I'm not <laughs> it was like later in the day I'm like it's not going to be- come up positive I need to wait till my morning pee anyway yeah and I yeah there was no way in hell that I was waiting when the test was right there and so I yes at five in the afternoon that's so funny Y'all, I, I
0: test I on, on day four <laughs> 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 I mean it was positive but we all know how that one ended but it was my birthday so I was like oh Aww. I just want to know yeah so I guess I got like a fake birthday present I don't know whatever it's all fine
1: yeah Yeah,
0: this will be actually really interesting for listeners. So with an IVF pregnancy, because Mackenzie and I are like parallelly pregnant, I think I'm only like, well, I haven't told anyone how far along I am, but I'm (laughs) a little bit further along than you. Um, How is that different? Because I think maybe people that are going through IVF that haven't gotten to the pregnancy piece. Can you kind of speak on how you're how it's different once you get pregnant, what, like what that looks like with monitoring for the fertility clinic yeah. when you graduate and then the extra perks you might get at of yeah. OB.
1: Yeah. So this is the best part of going through IVF and getting pregnant is all the extra monitoring and blood work and confirmation that there's a little baby in there. Um, so day five, I tested, came back faintly positive. Um, and then the testing, the craziness began, and kept just testing, testing, make sure the line was getting darker. And my blood test was on um, Friday and that was actually eight days past my transfer, which is they normally test on nine days, but it was a nine days fell on a Saturday. So they did it early, thankfully. Um, And so you test and my numbers came back great. And then you go back in normally 48 hours after that first blood draw. um, But again, it was a weekend. So I went on Friday and had to go back in on Monday. Um, My numbers tripled, which was exactly what they wanted to see. And then, um, the waiting game begins because after that, that second blood work, actually I went in for three blood works. It depends on your doctor. Cause with Linux, I only went in for two, but this doctor, this time they wanted me to come in for three.
0: Did you, I've always been curious about this. So because you hadn't experienced loss, like when you got that really good beta, were you like, I'm confident or you were still terrified? Oh,
1: I'm still terrified. Yeah. I'll be terrified until that baby's born.
0: Well, me too. Me too. Yeah, no, that's a really good perspective. Cause I think, I think Amanda, you said the same thing and I know you had, you've, you've experienced loss, but I, I think anytime you're going through IVF, everything's just, you're hanging on by a thread for every single
1: piece. Yeah. Right. And even though I feel like crap right now, so I know that there's a baby in there. (laughs) Like I had a doctor's appointment this week where I saw a cat at, um, it's just, (laughs) You're still nervous every time you go in for an ultrasound, and um, it'll be. It's much better when you can start to feel the baby move, because then there's just more confirmation there. Um, But the first trimester, it just sucks. <laughs>
0: I, I think so too. And so to, to Mackenzie's point, so you get these betas, be it two or three, and then you, there's nothing they can do for you. you. There's nothing they can see. There's nothing they can do for you. So then, what is it like three weeks that you just have to? Wait? Well, no, you, it's, it's not that two long. Two weeks. So
1: I went in uh, at four. I was four in two days when I went in for that second beta. So then I was four and five days when I went in for that third beta. You're right. So then you don't go for an ultrasound until you're six weeks. Yeah. So it was like a week and a couple of days. Yeah. that I went in for that first ultrasound. Um, and this time it was terrifying because I went in ex- like six and two days for this ultrasound with Linux. I went in at like six and five days for the ultrasound and just the way that the timing worked. And obviously Linux was way more further along and those three days apparently it can make a huge difference in the six weeks. So we were in the ultrasound room and I see the sack, but I don't see anything in it. And Dr. Schnorr, he's, I can tell he's getting nervous. So he's like looking around. He's like, I see a flicker. So we're good. But he's like, we're going to switch rooms to a better ultrasound machine. Oh room.
0: my gosh. No, you just switch yeah. rooms. You had to like yeah. get fully dress and switch rooms. Well, oh. I just
1: wrapped my robe around me
0: and we just <laughs> you're like, no, we're going right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: So thankfully, um, when we got to the other room, we got to see the heartbeat flickering and it was flickering really well. So it wasn't that worried, but it wasn't like, I remember the picture I got from Linux. It looked like a little, I could tell what it was. This one, I couldn't.
0: You're, I mean, you make such good points because I've had like the blighted ovum where you can't see, and so that first ultrasound, I had a full on panic attack with this pregnancy before the very first ultrasound because you're like, is it going to be empty? What am I going to see? Can, right? There is it going to be the yolk sac? But you because when you're getting monitored that early, one day can make a huge difference. Yeah,
1: and so um, I. I was comparing myself. Like I couldn't even relax, even though he saw the heartbeat and he was like, "Mackenzie, we're good. The chances of miscarriage, apparently when they can see like the heart and like measure the thing, it goes down to like 10%, 20% maybe when you're six weeks. Uh, yeah. Not everyone gets a six week appointment, obviously. Um, so people don't always get that lucky news. And so he was like, you're good. Mackenzie. we're going to see you at the eight week appointment. It's fine. But I still just didn't relax. Thank God, Charleston. Um, what was it Charleston midwives?
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) So what the fertility has a local support group and we have, there's what nine of us that are currently pregnant out of the 60 girls. And so we've removed ourselves and we're all now in like a new pregnancy group, which is amazing. But I guess someone sent us a link. They were like, they're doing training. Um, these ultrasound for training, sign up if you want some free ultrasound. So everybody, all of us signed up for it. (laughs)
1: So, and that just happened to fall on my seven week because, um, with the IVF, you get a six week ultrasound and then you don't go back till eight weeks. So that's another two weeks. it's always I feel like it's always two weeks that you're waiting.
2: I think it depends on the clinic. I, or the OB too. Like I, so because I'm getting, um, like all my transfers are in Michigan. So all my monitoring is here in Charlotte. And so okay. I'm going to my OB, not like a fertility clinic. Oh, okay. Oh. Then, yeah. Because I I, so my original fertility clinic that I used here in Charlotte before I did embryo adoption, I would have been at the fertility clinic, but because my clinic is out of town, they had to work with my OBGYN. And so I went every week. I went at four weeks, five weeks, six Shut weeks, up. I swear. I went every single week and got an ultrasound. That's amazing.
1: That
0: is amazing. I will so say with, with reoccurrent loss, apparently there's research shown that early intervention and early monitoring actually makes a difference. And my doctor is so cute. He's like, I will see you every six and a half, seven days. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> mean, yeah, I, I got to scan at six and a half, seven and a half, eight and a half, nine. Yeah, yeah I... I think by 12 weeks, then they push me out by like two or three weeks. And that's just too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, with, um, with the, the training that they were doing, I've lucked out to have an ultrasound every week, starting at six weeks. Yeah. So awesome. seven weeks at the the ultrasound training, their machines were like insane. Did you go Kat?
0: I didn't go because they were only doing first trimester and by oh, the they, right. they did second trimester, but they were all booked up. And I think I was like third, I was like, right. Just turned 13 weeks. So I was getting yeah. out
1: of the. So their technology was insane. They, um, they're like, we're just going to do a tummy ultrasound just to see just for the training. And they could actually see the baby from the tummy ultrasound at seven weeks. Wow. Like um,
0: that's that's yeah. insane yeah because I, I didn't switch till I think nine and a half weeks that they did that
1: yeah I mean and you couldn't like there's no way they could have measured or anything like that or see the heartbeat but they were just like um and they don't do that on the tummy that early because it's not safe um, yeah. but it was cool just to see and then, then when they did the transvaginal and it, it was I was like coastal y'all need to step up your ultrasound <laughs> that's awesome and
0: that's at the Charleston birth, yeah, birth center I think yeah that's right? what it is yeah Charleston yeah. Birth Center. so that's more like the Holistic natural birth center that they have here in Charleston. Right. Awesome. Um, Do have anything like that
2: in Charlotte more? I think there used to be one, and
1: I think it was. It did. I'm originally from Charlotte. So okay, yeah. I remember that closing. It was, I think, right around when I moved here. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Um, and so then went back to Schnorr at eight weeks, and you could see the baby much better than the first time I was there. Measured everything, graduated. See you later. Don't I ever want to see you again. <laughs> Um, and then had a nine or yeah, a nine week ultrasound this past week at my OB and everything was good.
0: It was hilarious. (laughs) Mackenzie and I were both, I mean, it just was random. Like we were both at the doctors. It was yesterday, right? Thursday, Thursday. I don't know okay. what the days are Thursday. And I'm getting worked up. And one of the MAs comes in and says, Hey, she has an ultrasound first and all. And I said, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like really psycho. I added it on last night and Mackenzie's head flips around and she's like, cat." Hey, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you had a great ultrasound. I had a great ultrasound. Yeah. That's now so are really you funny.
2: still doing the, um, progesterone shots?
1: No. So, um, they have me stop them right at night. Like eight weeks and six days. Um oh, okay yeah which is in Charlotte they um have them start stop them at like 10 weeks.
2: Oh yeah right? I went till I I again like cat hey I'm crazy too so it's fine. <laughs> but um I yeah I went till 13 weeks. I was like I'm not stopping because I feel like it's the only thing that's like making the baby okay. And so I yeah. was like, but they told me I could have stopped at 10 weeks. But yeah yeah I did it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um but I was glad to be done with those, man. Those
0: oh my gosh! Shots. Gosh, that is. So, I I like just love your story. I think that would have been just this whole second. You know, I don't want to say second secondary infertility, but it was. That is exactly what right. it's classified as. I just think that'd be so hard because it would be so frustrating. You're like, I know I can get pregnant. I know I can hold a pregnancy. And it, I think for both, well, not this pregnancy, but like for your first pregnancy, it was super uneventful, right? It was you got pregnant, yeah. and it was yeah. just blew right by and you, you know, had your daughter. And so then you're like, why is this not working?
1: Right. Yeah. It's just, and I've said to people before, um, like if the transfer before Linux would have worked, then I would probably would not have Linux. So, um, if the transfer in November would have worked or October, I probably would not have this baby because we would have been done. And so this baby was meant to be ours and meant to be in this world. So,
0: I love that for the very first time ever. I said that to my husband last night, we like went and picked up my medicine at like 10 PM. And I'm like, you know, I feel like I can finally like resonate back and be like, those six losses were horrible, but like, we wouldn't have this specific child right right now. And I'm sure you feel that way about Ben too, Amanda. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yep. Well, especially because I never would have
2: walked the road of embryo adoption. So like there would have been no way possible that we would have had him. Right.
1: He was meant to be yours. You're meant to be his mama. Yeah.
0: I love that. Well, Mackenzie, um, is there anything that you could like share with listeners if maybe, you know, they've gone through several transfers and they're kind of like, I just want to give up? Is there any advice or insight you have for them?
1: Um, It's so hard, but find your community. Um, Even if you need to look me up on Instagram or (laughs) Facebook, you can reach out to me, but just find people that are going through it and that you can talk to with it. Cause that's like the hardest part. Like, yeah, you can talk to your friends, your family, your husband, or your partner about it, but it's just not the same. Cause no one's going to fully get it unless they're going through it. Um, and you just need someone to talk to that's going through it. Um, that fully understands your downs and your highs and can get you through it. And then I think I've said this a ton in like the group, but be a, an advocate for yourself. If you feel something's not right, change doctors, or like when I wanted to do that IUI, even though my doctor wanted me to do the surgery, um, he listened to me and I'm glad he did, um, even though I probably should have listened to him. Um, but um just be an advocate for yourself. Um, because it's your body, your money, a lot of money. <laughs> um so that's my two biggest things. Find your community and be an advocate for yourself.
0: I love that. Yeah, you helped me a lot. I mean, we didn't really even know each other and you completely walked me through my first egg retrieval. So yeah. we will tag if you're comfortable, it sounds like you are. Yeah. We'll tag your Instagram handle. Um yeah. You're a wealth of knowledge. You've been through this probably more than the majority of people. And so, um, yeah, definitely reach out to Mackenzie. But thank you so much for being on with us. I loved hearing your whole story.
1: Thanks for having me, ladies. I'm glad we're all getting our happy endings. <laughs>